Mega von den Medlin, and welcome to a special holiday message. On the twelfth day of Tolkien, Greg Gandalf gave to me twelve dwarves and Thorin, eleven Zs and luncheon, ten thousand Uruks, nine black riders, eight my second breakfast, seven palantiri, six thousand spears, five history. Four orbit says three Silmarils, two towers, and one ring to rule them all. Merry Christmas from all of us at Podnood.com. Maybe Frodo felt it, not knowing it, as he had upon Amon Hen. Even though he believed that Gandalf was gone, gone forever into the shadow of Moria far away. He sat upon the ground for a long while, silent, his head bowed, striving to recall all that Gandalf had said to him. The black gate is closed. The two towers. Megavan and Melon, and welcome back to Interesting Tales from Tolkien, a Podmoot. I'm Mel. And I'm Kristen. And this week, we are covering The Two Towers, Part 4, Chapter 3, The Black Gate is Closed. So, Mel, you know how last week you asked me if we're already at the Black Gate and we're only at the end of Chapter 2 of 10, what else could detain them? And the only thing I could think of is more walking. Well, we found something else out in this chapter. We can talk about walking and we can talk (laughs) about where we're going to walk. Exactly. Like, talking is a great way to fill up time and chapters. And variety is important. Yes. (laughs) So for your 45-second recap this week, I would like to throw you the following curveballs. Okay. I would like for you to include the two times that the hobbits are saved by Tom Bombadil. Okay. And since that's all one thing and multiple events, we'll just go with that one curveball. Okay. Frodo is a hobbit living in the Shire and he inherits a magical ring from his uncle Bilbo. 17 years later, he's sent on a quest to get it to Rivendell. On his way, he goes into the old forest and he's rescued by Tom Bombadil from a tree along with his friends that was trying to eat them. It's a Huon called Old Man Willow. Really cool. Tom Bombadil takes him into their home for a little, his home for a little while and they meet his wife and then he sends them on their way again and they go into the Barrow Downs. Once they're in the Barrow Downs, they get tempted away by the whites and that would have killed them too, but Tom Bombadil saved the day again. Anyway, then all this other stuff happens like going to a council, forming a fellowship, Gandalf dies, uh, fellowship breaks, Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli have to go find Merry and Pippin and end up fighting a war. Gandalf comes back to life somewhere in all of that, you know, and then we find Frodo and Sam are just wandering around in some rocks and find Smeagol. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is the important stuff from the first one and a half books of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> when you spend a lot of time on the supposed Maya, Tom Bombadil, you don't have time for all the other juicy details. Stick with us week after week, friends. We'll get the whole story in there bit by bit. Bit by bit by bit. In the meantime, you can take 30 seconds to tell us what happened this week. And please do not just say they talked about walking. All right. They arrive at the teeth of Mordor Gate as Frodo requested. Armies of men from his dreams approach, allies of Sauron. Gollum wants them to follow the left of three roads where the eye does not expect attack. He offers to take back the ring, but Frodo reminds him he is no longer its master. Smeagol tells of orcs and the silent watchers in the towers and a tunnel he used to escape Mordor. Singing dark-faced men and four Nazgul nearly discover them while Frodo laments he doesn't know how to enter Mordor. They will follow Gollum and Sam is sad that there are no Oliphants. 
Time to spare. I'm sad that there are no Oliphants, too. Me, too. I'm going to write an Oliphant. Kristen, do we have any new characters this week? Well, we don't exactly meet any. We do see this new race of men that is coming to join the forces of Mordor. And then we get some names. The people who supposedly ride these supposed Oliphants are called Swertings. And Gollum talks about these things called silent watchers that are even more deadly than orcs that are in the towers there at the Black Gate. But we don't see them. Okay. Let's dive into this week's chapter. The Black Gate is closed. Well, it's closed. We can go home now. <laughs> yeah, no, look, we, we tried. We really tried. No luck. I do like this, just because we were talking and everything about what would happen next and all of that, and the first line, before the next day dawned, their journey to Mordor was over. Boom, done. Done. And I love that that's actually what Gollum thinks is going to happen. We got to the gate, we're good now. Yeah, we got here, it was a nice walk anyway. Here, have the ring back, off we go. I think that's his ideal situation. And there's another one of these fantastical descriptions with all the names of the mountain ranges. And I don't even know how many different ways of saying it's dark and spooky and evil looking here. And we also get a bit of history that the men of Gondor, when at their strength, had overthrown Sauron. And to prevent him coming back to Mordor, they built these towers to watch over the land. But the watchtowers had fallen into decay, only to be repaired and filled with Sauron's forces. And we find out not only are the forces there, but Sauron has filled up the passageway with rocks. And so there's only a single black gate in between. He's really thought about his defenses. I'll give him that. And they even have a structure of different watches. And as the two hobbits and Smeagol approach, they can see the changing of the guard from night to day. And I love the description of that changing of the guard. Another dreadful day of fear and toil had come to Mordor, and the night guards were summoned to their dungeons and deep halls, and the day guards, evil-eyed and fell, were marching to their posts. Steel gleamed dimly on the battlements. And Sam goes off on this little bit about the gaffer not being able to do the I told you so, Sam. I just love that. He keeps hearkening back to what it's going to be like when he gets back home. And I just love that he's always referring back to the gaffer. Like, the gaffer is just so important to me. His opinion matters so much. And he just cannot ever stop thinking about, well, what would gaffer say? Gollum tries to peace out on them until Frodo says, I said I wanted to come here because this is the way I want to come into Mordor. At which point, Gollum has a freak out. I love this. He says, No use, we can't go further. Smeagol said so. He said, We'll go to the gate, and then we'll see. And we do see. Oh, yes, precious, we do see. Smeagol knew hobbits could not go this way. Oh, yes, Smeagol knew. <laughs> and then Sam loses it. He's like, Then why did you bring us here? And Smeagol's like, Well, because Master told me to. And good on Frodo. He's like, Yeah, I did. I did say, because this is the way in. And Gollum says, nope, no use that way, no use. Don't take the precious to him. And then I love this. He'll eat us all if he gets it. Eat all the world. In my head, I'm like, so is Sauron like a cannibal, a carnivore? Or is he like some sort of energy being that doesn't even have a body? He's just going to put the ring on and just destroy everything. And 
my mind just started to go to all kinds of like Star Trekky places, which I know this is not. This is not. <laughs> it, it was a fun little deep dive in my head. Smeagol then goes on to say, or go away, go to nice places and give it back to little Smeagol. Yes, yes, master, give it back, eh? Smeagol will keep it safe. He will do lots of good, especially to nice hobbits. Hobbits go home. Don't go to the gate. (laughs) Nice try, Gollum. I mean, of all the attempts he could have made at the ring, this is actually a fairly polite one. Yeah, fairly polite and kind of clever. Kind of. It doesn't work. No, Frodo is focused on his mission. And I love this next bit. Sam said nothing because the look on Frodo's face was enough. He knew that words of his were useless. And then this part is so cool. And after all, he never had any real hope in the affair from the beginning. But being a cheerful hobbit, he had not needed hope as long as despair could be postponed. That is a really good line. So now Sam is like, all right, well... I'm definitely stuck with Frodo. Sam is obviously going to go with Frodo. He's not going to leave Frodo behind. And he actually thinks Mordor could be a positive thing because they'll get rid of Gollum. (laughs) At any rate, they would get rid of Gollum, it says. But Gollum did not intend to be gotten rid of yet. And he starts begging Frodo not to go that way. And that Smeagol knows another way, a more secret way. And this is all under the guise of, Frodo, if you go this way, you're going to basically be delivering the ring right to Sauron. And I have to protect you and the precious. Exactly. And he talks about the black hand if the master goes that way. And so Smeagol seeks to save both the precious and his master. Nice master. Smeagol, very good, always helps. And Sam is not happy. He's staying there full of doubt. To all appearances, Gollum was genuinely distressed and anxious to help Frodo, but Sam, remembering the overheard debate, found it hard to believe that the long-submerged Smeagol had come out on top. And then we find out Sam's developed two names for the Smeagol and Gollum sides of his personality. He, in his own head, calls them Slinker and Stinker. I love that. It is so clever and funny. It makes sense. You know, slinking around, it means sneaky and just stinking and being rotten. And he pretty much has determined that the two halves of Gollum had made a truce and a temporary alliance just because neither wanted the enemy to have the ring. Both wished to keep Frodo from capture and under their eye as long as possible. At any rate, as long as Stinker still had a chance of laying hands on his precious. And Sam also doubts that there's another way into mortal. And also that he doesn't really know what else to do except to stick around and try to help Frodo complete the mission. And Frodo doesn't have an answer right away for Gollum. And while he's thinking it through, they're looking out and they see a lot of movement on the plains as if whole armies were on the march. And he remembers his vision from on top of Amon Hen. And I'd even forgotten that it was just a few days before, though now it seemed many years ago. It also seems 624 pages ago, so there's also that. Well, uh, just quickly, the books, the pages actually start, because The Lord of the Rings is one book that had to be split into three and then he first split into six. My first page number for this book is 413. Okay, fair. My my first one is 404. Okay, so it was still still 220 pages ago at least. Yeah. 
And sitting there, Frodo begins to think about that and remember that there's hope. And he says, the trumpets had not rung in challenge, but in greeting. This was no assault upon the dark lord by men of Gondor, risen like avenging ghosts from graves of valor long passed away. These were men of another race out of the wide east lands. And he's thinking, okay, the war hasn't started yet. They're building up. There is still time. I still need to figure out what to do. But first, they better move because where they're sitting probably isn't the safest position. So when Frodo realizes who these groups of men are, he turns and says, Sneagol, I will trust you once more. And he reminds him that twice we've had to do this already and may the third time prove you the best. But I warn you, Sneagol, you are in danger. And Gollum says, oh, yes, yes, it's terrible here. And Frodo says, no, I did not mean the danger that we all share. I mean a danger to yourself alone. You swore a promise by what you call the precious. Remember that. It will hold you to it, but it will seek a way to twist it to your own undoing. And then he goes on to say, I heard you say, give it back to Smeagol. You want your precious back, but it's not yours anymore. The ring left you and I am its master now. And if I put it on and tell you to do something, you're going to have to do it, even if it means your own death. And Sam is like, that's my boy. He's back. With approval, but also with surprise, there was a look in his face and a tone in his voice that he had not known before. Sam even thinks that Frodo is perhaps one of the wisest people in the whole world, with the exception of old Mr. Bilbo and of Gandalf. And Gollum is absolutely put in his place. He couldn't even hardly speak. He groveled on the ground and could speak no clear words, but nice master. Poor little Smeagol. And so they start talking about the different roads and where things go. That on one road they go to Osciliath which will be taking them down to the bridges of the Anduin. There is a middle road that went south, and Gollum's describing on all of this. On, 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 said Gollum, we never went that way, but they say it goes a 100 leagues until you can see the great water that is never still. And then, of course, there's lots of fishes and big birds, nice birds, but we never went there. Alas, no, we never had a chance. <laughs> Gollum's just planning his holiday itinerary. So, and they had already ruled out the one that goes down to Osgiliath and the bridges. So Frodo asks about the third way and Gollum starts to describe it, that it goes up and over the mountains and by the fortress that's up there. Smeagol had heard stories about it when he was young, tales out of the South. And he's basically talking about the same myths that we heard about Minas Ithil. Yep the Tower of the Moon, that Isildur, the son of Elendil, built. And Frodo talks about how, well, Isildur is the one who took the ring from the enemy, cut off a finger. And Gollum's like, yes, he only has four on the black hand, but they are enough. And he hated Isildur's city. And Frodo's response is, what does he not hate? And that's a good point. Then he wants to know why they need to worry about the Tower of the Moon. And Gollum explains that near there is another way, an old road that goes up, up until it reaches a dark pass at the top. And then it goes down, down again to Gorgoroth. And he begins to whisper and shudder. 
and we find out that this tower is not empty, but it seems empty. Dreadful things live there. Orcs, yes, always orcs, but worse things, worse things live there too. And this is where we get your mention of the Silent Watchers. And Sam is confused because he doesn't understand how this path is going to be a better option than where they already are, because won't it also be guarded? And Gollum explains that Sauron does not expect the attack to come that way. His eye is all round, but it attends more to some places than to others. He can't see everything all at once. Not yet. And we already had a little bit of confirmation of that in the previous book where he needed the Palantir to see into what Saruman was doing. And Sam also points out that Gollum knows a lot what he's talking about and a lot about what the enemy's thinking and planning. He goes, have you talked to him lately or just hobnobbing with orcs? And Gollum's like, not nice, Hobbit, not sensible. And he's like, yeah, I've spoken to orcs. That was before I met my master all of this and I've walked very far but you don't need to worry I'm like here now and all this stuff and Sam's like hmm and his advice is so are we to walk up and knock at their gate and ask if we're on the right road to Mordor or are they too silent to answer (laughs) (laughs) and Gollum doesn't appreciate the jokes he's taking this all very seriously he wants to help and he wants his help appreciated But it turns out he actually does have something helpful because on his previous travels, he discovered a little path leading up into the mountains and then a narrow stair. Oh, yes. Very long and narrow. And then more stairs and then a dark tunnel. And at last, a little cleft and a path high above the mountain pass. And that's the way that he used to escape Mordor all those years ago. And Frodo has some questions now about, well, is it not guarded? And did you escape or were you more likely permitted to depart and sent on an errand? And he goes, at least that's what Aragorn thought, who found you by the dead marshes. And Gollum is not happy to have Aragorn brought up and says he, he's a liar. I escaped all by myself. I was told to seek for the precious, and I have searched and searched. Of course I have, but not for the black one. The precious is ours. It was mine. I tell you, I did escape. And Frodo thinks that this is pretty truthful because Gollum has spoken of himself in the first person and using the word precious. So he thinks that that's probably true, what Gollum just said. Unfortunately, Gollum's not up to answering any more questions because just the name of Aragorn has put him in a sullen mood. (laughs) I kind of think Gollum is sulky anyway, so I can't even imagine what this is. Yeah, yeah, a double sulky. Like, you thought he was sulky before? Well, you haven't seen nothing yet. And Frodo's questioning Gollum. Gollum's not giving him full answers, and our narrator cuts in, and I just love this passage. It says, Its name was Kirithungal, a name of dreadful rumour. Aragorn could perhaps have told them that name and the significance. Gandalf would have warned them. But they were alone, and Aragorn was far away, and Gandalf stood amid the ruin of Isengard and strove with Saruman, delayed by treason. Yet even as he spoke his last words to Saruman and the Palantir crashed in fire upon the steps of Orthanc, his thoughts were ever upon Frodo and Samwise. Over the long leagues, his mind sought for them in hope and pity. And I love that. We know exactly where Gandalf is at this moment. While they're sitting at the Black Gates, trying to decide what to do, 
Gandalf is in Isengard. And once again, Frodo is left to ponder all of the advice that he has received so far. He realizes that of all the things that Gandalf told him, which actually isn't a whole lot anyway, he never said how to actually get into Mordor. So he doesn't really know what to do except decide to follow Gollum. But before he can even say that, they're hiding and looking up at the sky and they see four Nazgul. As they see these four Nazgul up in the sky, they feel the fear again. And Sam takes a deep breath and says, the riders are about again up in the air. I saw them. Do you think they could see us? And they go back and forth, Sam and Frodo, kind of debating, well, they're kind of high up and it's daylight, so they shouldn't be able to see us in the daylight, but their mounts probably can and they're carrion birds. They're not normal birds and they can probably see better than anything else. He says, the enemy is on watch, I fear. And there's this feeling of dread that passes over them. And Frodo realizes it's time for him to make a choice of what they're going to do next. But just before he can, there is a new fear. They heard singing and hoarse shouting. At first, it seemed a long way off, but it drew nearer. It was coming towards them. And they crouch and listen, and they see more people coming marching. More men going to Mordor, he said in a low voice. Dark faces, we have not seen men like these before. So they're trapped there and they're hiding, trying not to be discovered as these men march very close by. They also see they have black eyes and long black hair, gold rings in their ears, red paint on their cheeks, red cloaks. Their flags are red and the tips of their spears. And they have round shields, yellow and black with big spikes. And Sam has a very important question as he forgets his fear. He wants to know if there were oliphants. <laughs> and Gollum says, no, no, oliphants. What are oliphants? And Sam puts his hands behind his back, as he always does when speaking poetry, and begins this little poem about the oliphants. Which is hilarious. Just about the time we're about to be scared out of our minds, we get this little comic relief. And he even admits that this is just a little poem from the Shire. And back in the day, hobbits used to travel and they would come back with tales like this from foreign lands. Not that many ever came back and not that all they said was believed. News from Bree and not sure it's Shire talk, as the sayings go. And Gollum doesn't care. He's like, no, no, Oliphants. Smeagol has not heard of them. He does not want to see them. He does not want them to be. Smeagol wants to go away from here and hide somewhere safer. Smeagol wants Master to go. Nice Master, won't he come with Smeagol? And Frodo stands, and he had laughed a little with Sam, trotting out the old rhyme, and the laugh had released from him some hesitation, and he goes, I wish we had a thousand oliphants with Gandalf on a white one at their head. Then we'd break away into this evil land, perhaps, but we've not. Just our own tired legs. That's all. Well, Smeagol, the third turn may turn the best. I will come with you. And Gollum is so excited. Good master, wise master, nice master. And then he says they need to rest and lie quiet until the sun sets. Soft and quick as shadows we must be. And then they will be off in the next chapter. Character shout out, Kristen. Believe it or not, I'm going to have to give the character shout out to Gollum. 
because he did have all the information that they needed. Now, he's also trying to get his precious back, but, you know, that's actually not completely on him. He's under the power of the ring. So I'm going to I'm gonna give it to Gollum. I was sitting here going, I really want to give it to Smeagol, but I'm just so conflicted with him all the time. I'm like... I get it. It's so hard to want to give it to him because you're like, you're not a good guy. <laughs> Absolutely not. And as soon as you give him an inch, he takes a mile. Exactly. So I'm really hesitant, but it's like, what option do I have? I mean, I, I could give it to Sam for the third week in a row. You could also give it to Frodo because Frodo also, Frodo was going to be my honorable mention because he does stand up to Gollum and say, no, dude, you're not taking the precious back. I am the master of the ring. And that makes Sam so happy. And he also, he's a reluctant hero too, but he does eventually make the right choices. He takes his time and he thinks through things and he relies too heavily on Gandalf and the men from the company before, but he does do the right things. So we could also give it to Frodo. Let's give it to Frodo for the reasons as mentioned above. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we play? Prediction versus fiction. Dun, dun, dun. They are going to have to make a decision of what to do as they can't get through the gate. Check plus. <laughs> Gollum makes a play for the ring but is unsuccessful as Frodo puts the ring on. Well, the first part's true, but he does not put it on. <laughs> it's not a very good play for the ring, I will say. <laughs> Sauron is aware of the ring when Frodo puts it on but doesn't know where it is. Frodo gets away, leading Gollum with him to keep Sam safe. Sam and Frodo reunite and tie Gollum up with the rope. That's a really good fanfic. (laughs) I liked this because the week before you had looked at your map and thought, oh, maybe they're going to go to Minas Morgul, which is Minas Ithil's new name. And so I questioned you on that and you said they are not going to go to Minas Morgul, which is exactly what they discussed doing. It doesn't actually say they're going to Minas Morgul. You told me that's where that path goes. Well, yeah, because I'm talking about going past the Tower of the Moon. Ah. That's why I was explaining it to you, to make sure you made the link, because it's got three names. The Tower of the Moon, Minas Ithil, which are the same thing, like it means Tower of the Moon, and now it's called Minas Morgul, which is Tower of the Sorcerer. I'm helping you keep things straight. Thank you. They will find a way to scale the mountains. Mm, well, they apparently have one. Yep. I asked, well, what's going to delay them considering, you know, we've got all these chapters left. And you said more travel and more walking. Or talking about walking. Or talking about walking. That will definitely take up time. Are you ready for the title of next week's chapter? Sure. Of Herbs and Stewed Rabbit. Here, I'll just spoil it for you. Smeagol starts a cooking show and that's what delays them for the rest of this book. I see. So, Smeagol, we can follow on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Well, we already know that Sam has his cooking gear. So I'm betting that this path that Gollum is going to lead them on is going to be difficult, but they are also going to find herbs and a rabbit to make a stew because they're going to have to eat. In order to cook, they're going to have to light a fire, which is going to attract the attention of probably some orcs because that's what seems to be around. But it could also attract the Nazgul or some, I I don't know. You never know, but you've got to make predictions. I, they're going to start up this path. They're going to get through the t- I think they're going to get pretty far, actually. And then they're going to, in the daylight, 
light this fire because all of Sauron's minions tend to be creatures of the night. Okay, so if they light it during the day, do they attract attention of orcs or Nazgul? Orcs. Orcs can see during the day. Okay. And so they're walking towards this path that Smeagol has chosen for them. If you take a look at your map, what kind of things do you think they're going to have to pass through and deal with? Well, I think there's going to be just a lot of climbing. Do you mean they're going to, to get to the path at Minas Morgul, they're going to climb the mountains and go through the mountains? Well, that's what he said. That's what Smeagol said. The path goes up. I mean, I said this last week. They either have to go over the mountains or under the mountains. And it's pretty clear that this path that Gollum knows goes up, stairs up, passageway up, tunnel high above the main pass. So, yeah, I think that's where they're going. So, just sorry, I'm getting my map out. So, from where they are, which is around Mordenon, they're going to climb straight up the mountains there and walk through all those mountains to get to Minas Morgul. Because I'm just, you know, throwing things out here that that looks like a really hard way to go, climbing up the mountains from near where they are, where they're already having trouble because armies are marching past them. I mean, I could also see that they just climb up and over and then they're down in that plain of the Udun and they're they're hiding like on the edge of the mountains in caves or something, but they're not like climbing a whole bunch of mountains. Yeah, well, in which case they wouldn't need the pass of Minas Morgul if they get into that area, they're already in Mordor. They need a way into Mordor and Smeagol has said the way in is past Minas Morgul. So this pass thing that Gollum is talking about, you mean it's not at Moranum, it's at Minas Morgul? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes. Okay. We already know that Sauron's armies are marching through the Black Gate, and then I'm assuming they are taking this interior path of Mordor, and they are marshalling behind Minas Morgul somewhere on the plateau of Gorgoroth. We know that eventually the men of Edoras are going to be marshalling at Minas Tirith, which is only a few days away. That's all we know. Predictions? They're going to meet some stuff on the path. I don't know what. I'm assuming at some point the Nazgul confirm that they've seen them. I, I don't think I have enough information except that they're going to start down the left path and they're going to try to get to Minas Morgul that way and we'll see what happens. Okay. Homework for next week is of herbs and stewed rabbit. Thanks for joining us. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podmoot. Our email address is podmoot at gmail.com and our website is podmoot.com. If you'd like to contact me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett on Twitter and Instagram. Kristen, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Conducts. Norvera Mellon, until we meet again. Bye, y'all.